the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Great to be with you these long weekends, although I do enjoy a little rest. I do enjoy a little rest, not having to worry too much about it, but I do miss the chance to talk. So it's great to be back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Don't forget, go to ProAmericaReport.com. If you're not signed up, please do sign up uh, for the Pro-America Report, The Daily Wink, What You Need to Know. That's the segment we're in also, by the way, The Wink, What You Need to Know, What You Need to Know. We dropped the two, What You Need to Know. And uh, Wink, The Daily Wink, and you'll get that in your inbox at 5 a.m. Pacific Time, 8 a.m. East Coast Time, every weekday morning. Please sign up there, ProAmericaReport.com. I had the great Great experience earlier today. My friend Joe Flynn, whose sister, Barbara Redgate, is right there in the San Diego area. She's a listener. Barbara is out there. They're both the brother and sister of General Mike Flynn. And Joe Flynn is a friend now for many months and years. And Joe, this morning, I was talking to him and I said, Joe, man, you got like 400,000 followers on Twitter. Why don't you ask all those people to send me, uh, you know, to follow me? He said, no problem. He did that. And I just got swamped with great people signing up to follow me on Twitter. So do me a favor. Try the same thing. Maybe you don't have 380. 80,000 like uh, Joe Flynn, but if you can spread the word at Eagle Ed Martin, at Eagle Ed Martin, you can spread the word, ask people to follow me on Twitter, and I'd appreciate it. Hey, unbelievable interview coming up in a few moments. Lee Smith. Lee Smith has got a new book. It's called The Permanent Coup. The Permanent Coup, How the Enemies, excuse me, How Enemies Foreign and Domestic Targeted the American President. It's a really cool book. I got a copy ahead of time. I've been reading it, and I finished it uh, two nights ago. He's a super uh, guy. We're going to talk with Lee Smith. And then, of course, Dr. Brett M. Decker in a few minutes will update. You might have heard over the weekend the President of the United States made a comment. He said something like, I think the military men and women like me. Some of the military brass don't. But that's because I think they just want to start wars and make lots of money for the uh, for the people that make bombs. And the world went crazy. The media went nuts. Joe Scarborough lost his mind. Of course, what President Trump said was exactly what General Dwight D. Eisenhower, one of the greatest generals in American history, and then the president, at the end of his two terms, he gave a famous speech on the military-industrial complex. So we'll talk to Dr. Decker about that and a lot more. But first, what do you need to know? What do you need to know? If you tuned in at Eagle Ed Martin on Twitter, I do a Periscope every afternoon at 2 p.m. East Coast time, 11 a.m. Pacific time. So it's kind of a preview of what the wink I'm doing with you. And today, what I was talking about was General Flynn. And I was trying to make this point, and I'll try to see if I can make it for you, because this is this is what you need to know today. The power, what's happening in our nation is extraordinary, and it's almost it's almost hard to understand how much is at stake, how much we're missing. Let me try to explain it instead of talking about it. General Flynn has found himself the focus of what was this coup, this attempted coup of President Trump. And he was put through the the ringer in this kind of crazy labyrinth of BS and nonsense. And he's finally almost through. But it's four years, almost four full years later. And in the last six months, he's been cleared 
because of all the evidence that came out, because A.G. Barr asked uh, Jeff Jensen, the U.S. attorney from Missouri, to go ahead and look at this. He came out and said, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff they should have told you, and there's no way you should have been charged. You should be like, oh, we thereby, the A.G. Barr said, we thereby asked the judge to dismiss it. And in the six months since that happened, in what can only be described as a, a truly a torturous time, General Flynn is in this legal limbo where the judge and the deep state and the media and then the court of appeals judges are dragging him through the mud. He's spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, I'm guessing. So he's spending thousands and thousands of dollars in legal fees. And what's most important is his voice is silenced. Why? Well, is it because if he got his voice before this election, he might contribute to uh, a Trump reelection? Maybe. Is it because he knows where the bodies are buried and can name names? And if he's loose, he'll be able to say Comey lied here and Brennan lied there and Clapper did this. Could be. But all we know, because and I've talked to him, and I kind of know more than I'm telling you. But all we know now is his voice is silenced and the media who should be the watchdog The media should be the watchdog for the American people. The people should count on a free press to be, you know, on all sides. I'm not saying everybody in the press should like Flynn, but there should be people in the media that are agitating all the time for justice to be served. And they're not. Why? And the answer is, you know, they hate Trump so much. But the other answer is they believe that they can control the narrative and control we the people. And to be honest, it's working. And so on my piece uh, this afternoon, and I'll put it up on social media now, you'll see a piece by Joel Pollack. Joel Pollack explains in very measured terms what happens if the Democrats and the left succeed in making the election on November 3rd into a chaotic three, four, five, six, ten week exhibition. Well, here's the thing. We have an answer. We have an answer. We have a constitution. We have founding fathers that were so inspired that they built a document and a structure for us to be together that actually can address this. But you don't hear that. You just hear hysteria. You just hear Kamala Harris praising a man who was shot for resisting arrest. I don't want him to be shot. I don't want anyone shot. But she praises. He's accused of being a sexual assault guy, too. And she praises him as if she knows him. And she stokes the flames of racism. And President, uh, Vice President Biden subscribes to a lie from the Atlantic magazine about something that everybody agrees that President Trump didn't say. And he st- says it anyway. And you have the Charlottesville hoax and you have the uh, and they have the uh, all the other hoaxes, the the Ukrainian hoax and the Russia hoax. And you have and you have a, the fake news media. Taking over the narrative of we the people. And here's the danger, the most dangerous part of this. If these are the things that we can catch, that we can see were lies and distortions, how much are we missing? And as uh, uh, Michael Anton wrote a piece over American Greatness uh, for three days ago about what the coming coup. And he said, if the election on the election day, the third becomes chaotic, uh, will that what will happen? And the answer, he says, is one thing this big tech and the, and the media will shut down Trump's voice. Twitter and Facebook. Jeff Zuckerberg's already said he's already decided he's going to condition the American people to expect chaos after Election Day. So here's my point to tell you is when they're silencing Flynn and when they're steering the narrative and when they're hiding the truth and lying to us, it's a very dangerous time. It's a very dangerous time in our country. And the best that we can do is become activists for the truth 
activists for understanding what's going on, activists for the Constitution, because that's our best bet to hold the thing in check. I mean, look, we should win, you know, run and win the elections and all. But I don't think that anybody in the left and the Democrat Party cares right now. I think they know they're losing. They're fading fast. And, you know, Biden can barely read the teleprompter when he's doing these events. He looks like a hostage. He literally looks like a it's like an elder abuse uh, case. When they finally done, they say, yeah, it looks like they had grandpa and they were holding him against his will. They were just telling him you got to do this or we're we're, you know, we're not gonna let your dog out. I mean, it's just crazy. But the fact is, we the people have to become the ballast you know that term, the anchor of our constitutional republic? Because if we're not, we're going to get pulled into what will feel like a civil war. I still don't think it's a civil war, but it'll feel like a civil war. It'll feel like it's uh, what Portland and what they're trying to show us. And more and more Americans are saying, wait, I don't want that. But here's the thing. We have to not just give them a choice of what they don't want. They don't want the violence of Portland and the idiocy of Kamala and Biden. They don't want that. But what do they want over here? Well, they want the policies, hopefully America first and the and the things. But they also should want the Constitution and the clarity and the vision and the ballast that holds the republic together, that, that gives form to it. So Pollock's article about what happens, by the way, what happens is if there's a decision, if a state can't decide their vote, it could go to the House of Representatives. If the Electoral College can't decide, December 14th is the vote. If the Electoral College can't figure it out, if they can't settle it in, they can't get their people there because the states are disorganized, then they'll go to the House. And the House doesn't vote based on Nancy Pelosi's whims. It votes by state. Each state votes their state based on a vote internally of their own people. So, I mean, I don't need to go into that. We'll go into more of these details over the coming days. But my point is, what you need to know is, we are being systematically misled by the media, by the big tech, by the Democrat Party. They're trying to make us crazy, and a lot of people are being pulled along there. So we have to become ballasts. We have to become the weight anchors of our republic. It's our calling. It's what we have to do. It's what the patriots do right now. And that's what you need to know. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we will talk with the great author Lee Smith about his new book, The Permanent Coup, How Enemies, Foreign and Domestic Targeted the American President. We'll be back in one moment. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Back in a minute. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. Our next guest is a friend of mine, Lee Smith. He wrote a recent book. It came out just about two weeks ago, a little bit more than two weeks ago, called The Permanent Coup, How Enemies Foreign and Domestic Targeted the American President. And I'm very pleased. And actually, it was really nice. I often get books sent to me, uh, and I get them sent by the publisher. This one, I think, however he did it, Lee sent it to me and signed it to me, which is really nice, which gets it in a different category in my bookshelf. And But I plowed through it, too, because uh, it was. It, this is an important important one and it's close to my heart because of uh general flynn so first of all welcome yeah. lee smith to the program how are you adam doing very well thank you for inviting me on it's a real pleasure to speak with you and um and the great audience well thank you and before we get to the book a little more uh, general flynn they set the next hearing date september yeah. 29th i just kind of went on a rant a few minutes mm-hmm. ago on the program i yeah. mean effectively the system has set up to silence him for this election mm-hmm. cycle there's no other yeah. way you can see it and i guess the question i have for you is um you know how insane is that and how outrageous yeah. is it i mean you talk about things that affect what people know and feel about an election this is a big one isn't it 
Yeah, they're doing two different things here. I mean, w- w- I mean, we know the bad things that that they're doing, but the two things that they're underscoring one thing. They're underscoring the suspicion that many Americans have had since the uh, evidence started to surface of this, you know, this coup targeting uh, targeting Donald Trump and the Trump circle, including General Flynn. It's underscoring every time that the many uh, tens of thousands of uh, astonishingly, we have tens of thousands of people tuning into C-SPAN, right, on radio to right. hear what's going on with the General Flynn case. Every time this happens, they're underscoring for these people and others the two-tier system of justice. If they're doing it to a retired three-star general who was head of the DIA and the national security advisor to the president of the United States, they can do with anyone. So it's underscoring that one thing, which is very, uh, which is going to bounce back on them in a bad way. The other thing is their continued persecution of General Flynn is winning General Flynn and an even more devoted and intense following. People who are following his case, people who follow his uh, his relatives on Twitter to find out what's happening. Mm-hmm. So they, they are making also a, a a colossal mistake, a mistake that they, that they will that they will realize that they will eventually come to realize. They should have let. The, an innocent man, as General Flynn is, they should have let him go. They should have left him alone. They haven't. They played with fire, uh, or, or maybe it's more appropriate to say that they served the win, and they will no doubt reap the world win. Uh, we're talking with Lee Smith, and, and you know, I, I wanted to highlight, Lee, that your previous book, which I thought was so uh, great, too, which is called The Plot Against the President, and that was the true story of how Congressman Devin Nunes uncovered the biggest political scandal in U.S. history. It was it was great because Devin Nunes, I think, even now, he sort of gets wow. less credit. It, the time time passes by so quickly. But all right, but on to the new book, The Permanent Coup. Um, yeah. Before Again, before I get to the book, because I can't resist doing this, uh, uh, you've yeah, heard, okay. I'm sure, yeah. the, 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 the coup, that the permanent coup, it's it is ongoing, right? I mean, it used to be yeah, the Russia hoax, yeah. but na- right. na- it's moved on now, right? And and it's we're oh, in right. full the full throes of it again, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's what's going on now. When you see the story that came out saying how uh, you know President Trump is disdainful of the military, when you see the uh, raising and looting of American cities, the uh, vote by mail chaos fomented by none other than Barack Obama, right? This is part of the coup. And the important thing, I think, um, for me to underscore is the coup is not just targeting Donald Trump and it's not just targeting Trump supporters. It's actually uh, undermining the purpose is to actually undermine the foundations of the republic. So that's what's going on. It's a very serious thing. And right, it started with the Russiagate, the collusion conspiracy theory. It's gone on for four years. I'm sure you've seen the president on social media talk about it, say it's still the same thing four years on. He's absolutely right, and the book documents the different operations targeting him, whether it was Ukraine gate, impeachment, whether it was the uh, Mueller special counsel investigation. And now, again, where we are today is we've got the vote by mail, we've got the riots destroying American cities, and now this latest thing with (coughs) unnamed, presumably, uh, military officials who are targeting the president as unnamed intelligence officials targeted the president four years ago. 
Uh, we're talking with Lee Smith, and the book is uh, The Permanent Coup. Um, Lee, I want one of the things that was it's incredible, because I think you got credit when it broke, but the book now is, is out uh, two or three weeks ago. But the link between Obama and Biden and the White yeah. House and the and the Russia, the, the coup, yeah. you know, it was not it was not um, it wasn't even like Susan Rice and her friends. It was yeah. it was all the way up into the Oval Office. Tell us that what you found and what and what that uh, what yeah. that means. I think people are missing that. I heard the president mention in his press conference yesterday. He said Obama yeah. was doing it. You know, Obama was doing it. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't three rungs below. It was all oh, the way yeah, up to the right. top. Right. We've been talking about the deep state for more than three years now and the bad things that the FBI did and John Brennan did. And that's correct. It is right to to point to the bad things they did, the crimes they committed, the abuses they committed as well. But, yeah, I mean, I, I document in the book, we, I mean, documents have been released over the last several months showing that especially going after General Flynn, was the 44th president of the United States and his vice president, now the Democratic candidate for president, who directed the FBI chief, James Comey, to investigate on uh, to investigate General Flynn on absolutely uh, nonsensical, uh, nonsensical evidence, right, that, that he made a trip to Russia and sat at a table with Vladimir Putin was in December 2015. It was nonsense. And Barack Obama directed Comey to continue this investigation. So even for people who do not like Barack Obama, who are not particularly fond of the previous president, I think it was, I I, I know it certainly was for me to see Obama's hand in this. I mean, it's shocking that the president, the commander in chief of the United States is responsible for an illegal espionage operation targeting his political opponents. It's, it's, It's shameful. And and again, we're talking with Lee Smith. I want to make sure the book is called The Permanent Coup. Do you think it was personal? Do you, you, I mean, it, Lee, it was it when you look at why Obama and Biden and Susan Rice, was it what they they were they all assumed Hillary was going to win. And they and they thought, right. well, Hillary's imperfect. But, you know, I don't think they liked right. her necessarily, but she would yeah. keep the general trajectory of the, the liberal Democrat, you know, worldview. It would con- continue the canonization and the and the and the kind of uh, everything would be great. So I know they're angry and sad and all that. But was it personal right. to Flynn? Was it really was the yeah. idea to uh, to uh, to remove the president was it naive? I don't think it. It doesn't feel naive, but it does. Yeah. It feels a little bit like a hail mary. What what was the what was the reason yeah, yeah. that these people were going for this? Well, I think for General Flynn in particular, yeah, and Barack Obama. The, this was the White House who went after General Flynn. I mean, also uh, John Brennan and the FBI had their own reasons for targeting General Flynn, but Barack Obama wanted to preserve his different policies, especially in the Middle East, like the Iran nuclear deal. And General Flynn, as well as the uh, then-candidate Trump, had been speaking on the campaign trail about how they were going to undo this catastrophic deal, which was legalizing the nuclear weapons program of a terrorist state. And this was Obama's single foreign policy uh, uh, initiative. So to preserve it, they went after General Flynn, and they got him out of you know, they, they got him flushed out of the White House. But there is also, it's not just policy. There is also what we saw in the spring, I believe it was in April, when Obama leaked a conversation he had with uh, DNC officials 
talking about how he didn't understand how the DOJ could withdraw uh, withdraw their case against General Flynn. And you might remember this; it was leaked to one of the you know one of the pillars of Russiagate reporting, Michael Isikoff. And right. we saw in that that it wasn't just about policy; it was also personal. Uh, it was also personal peak of his resentment, right? It, it was right. pettiness. So yes, I'm, I, I, again, unpleasantly, this is a this is an important factor, and I think that's certainly the case with Trump as well. I mean, yes, they wanted to they wanted to deter. The larger purpose of the coup was to it continues to go after Trump to stop Trump from undoing different Obama initiatives, basically to you know to freeze Trump to keep him in place until someone can return and restore Obama's legacy, right? So a lot of it's policy, but a lot of it's personal as well. A lot of it's pettiness. We're talking with Lee Smith, and uh, Lee, um, uh, the book is called The Permanent Coup by Lee Smith. It's uh, How Enemies Foreign and Domestic Targeted the American President, uh, and it's available everywhere books are sold. Uh, you can find it, and it's uh, uh, published uh, by Center Street. Uh, Lee, one, one last question on this. How does this end? When you read the when you read the book, when I read the book, I thought, "Holy cow!" All this detail, all the specificity, yeah. and you think, "Like, is there a way that Trump can win, or we, the people, can win?" Yeah. Or, I mean, how does this? How does this? Uh, how, how? What would a win look like? Well, let me give you the good news first that I found out reporting this book. So I'll, I'll, I'll uh-huh. give you the good news first. The good news is, is that going out and reporting the book, speaking with people. No, not, I mean, uh, you know, I have interviews. Well, I mean, there, there's a there's a great statement from General Flynn in the book. Uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm honored he, he you know he passed that on. Um, you know, Donald Trump Jr. Again, Congressman Nunes. So I spoke with a lot of different people, but also just going around and just speaking with our neighbors, speaking with fellow Americans. I mean, they really uh, feel lucky, feel privileged to be alive at this time, a very meaningful time. And they get to stand up and say, they get to stand up and defend their country, say what they think America stands for. And they, they, believe, they believe this very strongly. So that is deeply moving to see how committed Americans are to our country, to see that they recognize what's going on and they don't like it. And they're going to fight back. They're going to vote. They're going to articulate their beliefs and their faith in America, their, you know, their love of their country, their love of their communities. So that's the good news. And the less good news is this fight will continue for quite a long time. It's a very important fight about what's, which way America is going to be headed in the future. So this fight will not be resolved with the uh, November vote. It won't be resolved after as well. It's going to continue whether or not Donald Trump is reelected, as I strongly suspect now he will be. The fight is going to continue for, for a long time. But again, the good news is Americans are prepared for it and to stand up and say how important their country is to them and the traditional values that we hold are, you know, again, love of country, love of family, love of our community, protecting and promoting individual liberties. This is who we are as Americans. And people love it. You know, even people first generation people who are, you know, people who have moved here immigrants legally, <laughs> people who have come here, this is what they come here for. So yeah. There's reason to be optimistic well, that, that America yeah, wins. And, uh, America wins. 
All right, America wins well. And here's the thing: the um, I think you, you to, in order to win this right, you need to read this book because uh, it gives you a sense of what the enemy's up to. And again, it's Lee Smith's newest book, "The Permanent Coup: How Enemies, Foreign and Domestic, Targeted the American President." Hey, thanks for the time, Lee. Thanks for everything you're doing, and we will uh, you, talk again soon. I hope. I look forward to it. Thanks so much again for inviting me on. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest is our old friend, the man of uh, the New York Times bestselling author of many books, many books, uh, Dr. Brett M. Decker. He was a uh, reporter over in a Wall Street Journal, reporter for the Wall Street Journal in Asia, also was an editor, uh, senior editor at the Washington Times, and is currently on the board of the USA Today Editorial Advisors, as well as a professor at Defiance College in Ohio. Welcome back, Dr. Decker. How are you? Well, you know, just trying to get by in the revolution. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a colorful revo- colorful revolution. So I, I thought of you yesterday. I wanted to talk to you about this. I watched a little bit of the president's press conference, enough to see him make this comment that immediately was mischaracterized and, and everybody showed their ignorance when the president said something like, uh, well, I think the military guys and gals like me. I'm not sure all of the generals do over at the Pentagon. They just like to start wars and make money for their friends in the defense industry. Immediately, like Joe Scarborough went crazy and all these people went crazy. Not remembering that in what, 1959, you correct me, you're the one that had with a better sense of these historical moments. uh, President Eisenhower gave a speech and said one of the things you have to worry about is the military. It becomes sort of dominated by this vision of let's fight wars. And it happened in Vietnam and it happened in the Gulf War and it well a little bit less. I guess it happened in the Iraqi wars. So it's not that far off, but the world exploded. What was your sense of that? And what's the context for that kind of comment? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if people really knew how much all this stuff costs, like last year, the estimate was the, like Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, that we'd spend over six and a half trillion dollars on those, right? I mean, these never-ending wars just sat money, uh, you know, lots and lots of money, let alone lives and injuries and, and all that kind of thing, right? But, I mean, right. I don't, I, I, for some reason, you know, this this... Defense people are really expert at being able to sort of play off everyone's emotions. Like, if you doubt, if you even bring up that maybe some weapons program costs too much, it's it's like you're attacking the troops. You know, you you want mm-hmm. you want private first class to be on like food stamps if you're saying, you know, maybe half a trillion dollars for the F thirty five fighter is too much money, right? So it's kind of like if you do anything to trim the budget a little, which of course never happens, or if there's no budget, if there's a, you know, if there's a spending freeze for, for a while or something, automatically they push it on the troops, right? They cut troop benefits and right. things like that. But I mean, I mean, it, it's just them, the brass and the military industrial complex, knowing how to play off everyone's emotions. Because I mean, the, the amount of spending on defense is, is no question. It's obscene. So, I mean, the defense spending this year is about $740 billion, three quarters of a trillion dollars. I mean, the entire federal budget is under $5 trillion. So over 20% of the budget's DOD. And that, if you, if you add up what's not included in that, well, Veterans Affairs isn't included. It's another $220 billion. 
Intel is not included. It's roughly $100 billion. Um, energy, you know, nuclear weapons aren't on the defense bill. Nobody knows that, you know. So it's billions more. Um, DHS isn't really defense, but that's 80 to 100 billion. NASA, 25 billion. So if you add it up, um, we're way over a trillion dollars a year uh, on military spending, you know. So, um, and on a budget, it's about, and our current federal budget of 4.8 trillion, that's a blown up obscene budget, right? So um, the amount of spending, I just think, is absolutely crazy. Everything is overrun. Like the average procurement spending is between 50 and 75% over what it's predicted to be about the estimates to start a program. So um, just no controls, right? Totally out of control. Um, interestingly enough, it's been like that from the beginning. So um, at, uh, when the U.S. Constitution was, was, was ratified, um, one of the very first spending bills was to build some frigates because we, you know, we still had friction with with our, our, our former colonial overlords, Great Britain. So right. Congress um, Congress um, ordered up six frigates in the estimate. The money was still pretty big back then. This is 1794. The frigates were cost about $689,000, um, and they end up costing $1.2 million. This is 1794. So our very first military expenditure was 70% cost over on 230 years ago. So we're 70% over on those first six frigates. And now we still average about, you know, it's pretty typical to be 70, 75% cost over on. So it's just right. A lot of, a lot of largesse there, a lot of room for corruption and, 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 and spending out of control. So I mean, Trump, right. I think the other thing with what Trump said is, They've really been using the military um, as kind of a social experiment in recent years. And um, the character and who's in the military is starting to change a little bit. So that that might have some effect, too. But um, the brass, right? I mean, we know what neocons want. They want more wars. It's true. There's no war they don't like. So, um, Well, we're we're talking with... uh, we're talking with uh, Brett Decker, Dr. Brett Decker, about this, uh, the president's comment. But so he, the, this president has not cut the budget. He's not cut the budget at all, right? So he, he can't, they can't, they can't dislike him because he doesn't cut the budget. So what is the, is it, and, and here's what I want to ask. Is it the, is it the media that puts him in this position? Because left to, you know, he's basically responding to the fact that over the weekend, this sort of fake news Atlantic article, they have multiple anonymous sources saying the president was very unkind to, uh, to military vets and all, you know, or, or, you know, is, is it his worldview that they don't like? It doesn't feel like he's 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 cut their budget. If it was about money, he hasn't cut their money. Is it about the worldview? Well, I, I think that gets down to it. Is they don't well, in, you know, they don't like his worldview. This America First idea that we shouldn't be going looking for for dragons to slay or giants to kill, right? Because I mean, they want to keep feeding that beast. And if you look at how, and like you said, it's not like he's cutting the defense budget. He's saying, hey, let's let's build more ships. Let's have the best military. If anything, he's open to spending more. Um, you know, and how we don't need that. Like our current spending of three-quarters of a trillion dollars, we spend right. more than the next 10 countries combined. So the number two country for defense spending is China. 
they spend $177 billion compared to our $740 trillion. So they're less than 25% of our budget, the number two country. So hey, what what is all this for? It's not it's not because we're threatened by anybody, you know? Yeah, it's um well and and uh and the question the, the question in my mind is that uh the president does this a bunch of times and he puts the focus on something different, right? Uh, the weekend the focus was did the president insult troops? By the time it's done you're having a conversation about how much we've spent on defense and and a whole you know, if you just think about the voters that are looking up and saying they're sick of wars, that's a lot of the country. That's a lot of the people that are looking up saying, "Yeah, we're sick of wars." Um all right, Dr. Decker, uh, what about Ohio? You're in Ohio, you're raised in Michigan. Uh you wrote a famous memo in about 2014 describing if uh, to then candidate no then businessman donald trump if you're going to run you got to run through the heartland here what's it look like in the heartland as much as people say it's coming towards trump the momentum is his way it's still such a closely divided country are we in for a a, a two-week post-election recount and count in those states is it going to be that close well I, I they were just talking in ohio this week that you know, expect um, expect not to have a tally for weeks after Election Day. So they're already starting to warn people, hey, we probably aren't going to have a winner um, in our state on Election Day. So I think you're seeing this all over the country. And, I, boy, talk about chaos, right? I mean, uh, I heard that they're thinking maybe that there might be 80 million mail-in ballots. 80 million, think of that. And we're entrusting the post office with this, you know, my my mom sent me a care package, and it's it's not like we're that far apart, you know. Mich- she's in Michigan, <laughs> I'm in Ohio. She put right. priority mail. It's supposed to take two days. It took nine days. So they can't even get, you know, a little a little care package over. So how are they going to get 80 million ballots delivered? I, you know, what a what a disaster in the making. Yeah, it is. Um, well, it is. But I guess the question is but now back to the, the broader question is the how is Trump holding up in the in the states like Ohio and Michigan? What's the what do you feel? What's your sense of the, the polls that you've seen and and where that's headed? He's narrowing. You know, I saw uh, just in the last few days an Ohio poll that has him within two points of Biden. And with how unreliable these polls are. Right. It's not just a margin of error. It's sort of like if they're skewed one way or the other. I mean, I think that makes him in pretty good territory. Um, a lot of the polling, interestingly enough, um, has him in a better position than he was against Hillary four years ago at this point. So if you include how wrong they were in that cycle, um, I think things are actually looking OK. Well, the only other, the only thing I'd say to, to qualify that is I think even up until the last day, the Democrats didn't think he had a chance, so they didn't pull out all the stops. They're going to pull out all the stops this time. So, yeah. all right, Dr. Brett M. Decker, thank you as always for your time and uh, enjoy Ohio State football. Oh, sorry, that's not going to happen. Uh, enjoy yeah. whatever else is happening in Ohio, and we'll talk again next week. Thank you. We'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here in a Pro America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast launched by Phyllis Schlafly, who served as an articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Upholding that legacy and himself an author, national speaker, and attorney, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. COVID-19 is making parents take a step back to reassess their children's education. As more and more classes move online, some parents are discovering that the history they were taught as kids isn't the history taught in schools today. 
Other parents are rightly skeptical about the effectiveness of virtual teaching in the first place. No matter what your doubts, don't let others shame you into thinking you have to stay in the public school system. Maybe public schools are the right choice for some, but you deserve to make informed choices for your child. As you consider your options, here's a short list of public school problems that might be worth considering. 1. Public schools don't like to talk about it, but many of them pummel young children with nosy questionnaires about your family life. Most of us don't think it's the government's business to ask children if they like their parents, if they feel less loved than their siblings, or if they've ever engaged in sexual activity. If you don't want your child to be asked all kinds of nosy questions like this, maybe you should consider other options. 2. Public schools are also notorious for subjecting students to mental health screenings without the permission of the parents. Some groups want to make it a universal requirement for students to go through mental health screenings before graduation, even though these tests can be wildly inaccurate when used on children. In large part, this is a gimmick by the pharmaceutical industry to sell more drugs to children who don't need it. 3. No list of public school problems would be complete without a mention of the downright lies taught in far too many classrooms. From history, to politics, to science, to health, to English, many public schools quietly insert a liberal agenda into every single subject. Every parent is responsible for making the educational choices for his or her children. It's not the job of the teacher, principal, superintendent, or school board to make sure your child grows up to be a responsible citizen. If COVID-19 has you wondering what might be best for your child, now is the time to act. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The liberal agenda is corrupting classrooms in colleges and schools across the country. If you're a parent, teacher, or administrator who really cares about our children, we promise to keep you informed at phyllisschlafly.com. And let us hear from you at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Let's wrap it up. We just got a couple minutes. I want to give you something to think about. I'm wearing a purple tie right now. I'm wearing a purple tie because purple is the color you got to think about for the next just under 60 days. Purple, purple, purple. What does that mean? Well, it means those states, a, election, a presidential election comes down to states, right? Comes down to electoral votes. So it's states, a couple of places where congressional districts decide their own electoral votes, I think up in Maine and Nebraska, but generally. So what are the Purple states, the states you can watch. All right, I'm going to start to get your mind around this. Arizona's one. So if you're a California listener, you're Arizona. You got friends in Arizona. That's a big one. Florida, of course, always a big one. Georgia, I don't believe that. They like to put that in there. I just don't think that's real. Um, that's that seems to me to be something that's uh, wishful thinking. Michigan for sure. Minnesota for sure. North Carolina for sure. Pennsylvania for certain, and Wisconsin. Those are the purple states, meaning states that as of now, everybody on all sides say, yeah, they could go either way. They've got big um, urban centers, you know, Pennsylvania, you think of Philly, Pittsburgh, some of the cities that have, you know, traditional Democrat voting, Scranton. And then you got in between them, uh, you know, lots and lots of more conservative uh, communities, counties and all Michigan. Same thing. Detroit. Uh, you know, you've got uh, big numbers in some of the suburbs that are Democrat leaning. Minnesota is going to be the interesting one. In 2016, the Democrats won Minnesota by just two points. Since then, they've had the rioting in Minneapolis. They've had the economy. 
economy kind of stalled. Can Trump make some headway there? He thinks he can. And he's up there uh, competing uh, full, you know, blast. Um, Georgia, I don't, I don't think Georgia's real. I do think, I don't think Florida's real also. I think Florida's pretty solidly uh, in the Republican. Arizona's an interesting one. And Arizona, one of the problems in Arizona is that in the Senate race, you've just had regular underperformance by the Senate candidate. The, uh, the, the Kelly is the Democrat. He's been very strong. Uh, and uh, the woman, uh, McSally, has just been... Phew, not so strong, so it's going to be a tough one. So we'll see. But watch those. We'll come back and circle back to them. All right, we got to run. Thank you, as always, to Noah, our great technical director, for all of his uh, incredible work. Thank you to Joanna for booking our guests. And don't forget, you can listen to all these interviews. Uh, Lee Smith earlier, the great author, also Dr. Brett M. Decker, all available over at ProAmericaReport.com. ProAmericaReport.com. Go on over there, and you get the links, and you can listen in and uh, a lot more. We'll be back tomorrow night. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Thanks for listening. Talk to you then.